2: Welcome, my fellow Americans. These are very, very dark days for those of us who care about liberty. Not even politics, not even the parties. These are very, very dark days. You are staring tyranny in the eye, you. You, my listeners. This country is fundamentally transforming as the Democrats have wanted. Away from a constitutional republic, an understandable, equally applied rule of law, in which the Democrat Party seeks to monopolize politics, the government, and to use the iron fist of federal law enforcement against those who do not buckle. We've never been here before, we Americans. We've never done this to each other. That's why when we hear there's no labels group or can't we get along or bipartisanship or common sense and common ground, there can be none of that when they're trying to put people in prison. Let's start from the beginning and then we will spend some time on this, America. January 6th, we know what took place on January 6th, but the Democrats have been trying to tie this to Donald Trump, and they've tried to concoct laws or inferences from laws to apply against him. He's the only top-level individual in Washington, D.C., On July, excuse me, on January 4th, who suggested that the mayor of Washington, that the Speaker of the House, might want him to send in the National Guard to protect the building on January 6th. That should have been the beginning and end of this thing. It was turned down by the Democrats. Democrats. We have no idea what Mitch McConnell did, and Mitch McConnell is not even talking today. Why? Because Mitch McConnell supports all of this. That's why. And so what this prosecutor is doing is unheard of. What the Biden administration is doing is unheard of. Let me explain this in some detail. The Constitution sets forth the mechanism for choosing electors for president and vice president. Not the executive branch, for sure. Not the sitting president, for sure. There is no Department of Justice in the Constitution. There is no U.S. attorney in the Constitution. None of that. They hadn't even created them yet. But they did create this government, and the election process is a purely political process. And so, if a political party is duking it out in a state, and that political party sees a close election, and after the votes are quote-unquote counted after weeks of delay, and harvesting and all the rest. And the party that is behind by 10,000 votes, 12,000 votes, 5,000 votes feels that in the end they will succeed. They are free to send a slate of electors to the archivist of the United States who holds them until under statute January 6th At which time they, along with the other party's electors, perhaps certified by the state, perhaps certified by the secretary of state and the governor, are sent to a joint meeting of Congress. And it's up to Congress to sort this out. Congress can easily say, no, those electors are out. No, we accept the results in this state or that state. No, that's out. That's gone. That's been done in the past. It was done in 1960 in Hawaii. It's been done in other states. Almost done in Florida in 2000 as a result of what the, Demo- the uh, Democrats were doing. There's nothing criminal about it, there's nothing devious about it, there's nothing illegal about it. You're not obstructing an election. You're not obstructing a result. You're not obstructing Congress. Congress will make the determination on what to count, what not to count, which is exactly what Congress did. The process is not supposed to be criminalized where a single grand jury in Washington, D.C., being fed one-sided arguments by a special counsel appointed by the party in power. By a prosecutor who's threatening lawyers and threatening witnesses with charges. With long-term sentences if they don't, if they don't buckle under. As if that's the pursuit of justice. And punishing wrongdoing. What you are watching today is an insurrection. Insurrection. It's a war on the voting system, it's a war on the Constitution, it's a war on the Republican Party, and of course on Donald Trump. If they get away with this, the country will never be the same, ever. The challenging of elections occurs all the time, and not just in court. All the time. And it's up to Congress to sort it out. That's what the Constitution says. Congress has the final say. Congress can throw out electoral college votes willy-nilly, if it wants to. These battles have been fought, especially early in our history. We also have Democrats in 2004, and I wish the Bushies and the Rhinos and the Never Trumpers would comprehend this, who sought to prevent george bush's reelection. as they did in 2000 when the supreme court had to step in and stop the florida supreme court from trying to steal the election from bush and give it to gore 2004 george bush won ohio by a fairly substantial amount but the democrats They went to the floor of the House, which is where these meetings are held, given that that is a larger area than on the Senate. And perhaps up to three dozen of them challenged the election, starting with Ohio. Among them, Jamie Raskin. Among them, Benny Johnson, January 6th committee members. They wanted to reverse the election. They wanted the Ohio electors thrown out. They failed. Were they prosecuted? Were they investigated? Of course not. Well, Mark, that's the system that's set up. Well, the system that is set up is the same system that these other legislatures or the Republican Party was using in these other states. The same system. Just a different way of challenging it. Ultimately, Congress has the say. A grand jury does not have a say. A U.S. attorney does not have a say. The Attorney General of the United States for the opposition party does not have a say. The executive branch has no say. None. False electors, fake electors. To give it the tinge of criminality. Congress is meeting. If they believe that these are false electors or fake electors, then they don't count them. If there's competing lists of electors from a state, then they choose one over another, they choose neither. That's how it works. So they try and muddle the water. That Donald Trump in a speech incited violence. Then why isn't Schumer in prison when he was inciting violence against the Supreme Court? In fact, why aren't all the leftists in prison when they're inciting violence against justices? Against their own country? Why isn't there a crime tape around the DNC and Hillary Clinton's house and Bernie Sanders' house? Nobody who objected in 2000 or 2004 was investigated. And they they objected in 2016, too, to Donald Trump. They tried to throw out legitimate electors. But that's okay. They followed the law and raised their objections, and their fellow members of Congress turned them down. That's exactly how it works under the Constitution without the statute. That is, Congress has the final say. The framers could not possibly have dreamt that something called a federal prosecutor and a grand jury where witnesses and and potential defendants aren't even allowed to have lawyers present would make determinations in lieu of the full Congress meeting on January 6th be very interesting to see what this fool prosecutor has pulled together. And I want you to understand something. He's the ugly face of all this. It's Mr. Magoo, the phony attorney general, and his comrades, his radical left-wing Obama comrades, and the assistant attorney general slots, the deputy attorney general, associate attorney general slots, who are sitting down. Like a shadow up Bureau, secret up Bureau, making these decisions. And self-righteously saying to themselves, we have to uphold the law, you know. We've got to do what's right. We've got to do what's right. It doesn't matter that he's running for the president. We cannot be intimidated. We must go forward. The Marxists slash fascists in the Department of Justice. And the timing of the letter that was sent to President Trump's lawyers Sunday night. Not Monday morning. Not Friday evening. Sunday night. Now why would a prosecutor do that, Mr. Producer? To create as much havoc, personal discomfort, and embarrassment from a former president as possible. The government doesn't do anything on Sunday night. Doesn't do anything most nights, but Sunday night in particular. Saturday night, too. Why would they do that? Because they're nasty. They're a disgrace. They're in court arguing that they want to continue the documents case. They want that trial in December, no matter what. I hope the judge is listening. It's not about what the government and the prosecution wants. It's what's in the best interest of the country. A handful of these people are destroying the country and they are tearing it apart. Never before has a political party using the FBI and the Department of Justice and a phony special prosecutor gone so far as to, as to indict the opposition candidate and not just indict him but overwhelm him with dozens of charges and done so In the middle of a campaign. Now he wants to do it again. On January 6th. January 6th. Oh. They'll come up with obstruction. They'll dust off some old Civil War statutes. And so forth. But it doesn't matter. You got almost 40 counts. In the document case. God knows how many counts this will be. All they need is one count. In any In any of the cases, one count. They get them on one count. And then what happens? I'll explain when I return. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Lubin.
2: If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, Average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I want to cover this quite thoroughly, America. Here's the other thing you need to think about. When you are going after a former president who's seeking election, who is polling at over 50% in the Republican primaries, who is possibly the Republican nominee, you're doing it in the middle of an election, you're dropping bombs left and right. You're not supposed to come up with unique, or clever interpretations of the law Which is what this guy did to Bob McDonalds, what he did to John Kerry It's actually what he did to Robert Menendez In a case in New Jersey that he lost You're not supposed to experiment with your legal theories For the purpose of taking people down He's been told this by the U.S. Supreme Court He's been told it by a trial jury He's been told it by another trial jury in New Jersey and all, For all intents and purposes And he's still doing it He's still doing it And by doing it this way in the middle of an election, he is clearly interfering with this election. And he knows it, his bosses know it, and they're encouraging it. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. And here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals. At 8774 Gold IRA. That's 8774 Gold IRA. 8774 Gold IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877 381 3811. By the way, Governor Ron DeSantis will be on the program tomorrow. Let me get back to President Trump. Oh, Thursday, sorry, Thursday. False electors, fake electors, fascinating. So let me get this straight, America. The electors, including two slates of electors, say out of Michigan or Georgia or Pennsylvania, wherever. They're sent to Congress via the archivist's office. And Congress sits there, and they're completely fooled, Mr. Producer. Wait a minute. What are we going to do? We have two sets of electors from Pennsylvania. We have two sets of electors from Georgia. We have two sets of electors from Michigan. And the Democrats say, we'll vote for the Republican electors. Right, Mr. Producer? They're confounded. They don't know what to do. They're confused. What shall we do? Now, isn't that stupid? Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, yes. Those Republicans in the state, with Trump and his lawyers, were trying to overturn the election results. No, they were challenging the election results. But they knew they didn't have the goods. They knew in advance, and they still set them in. Okay, ready? And they're allowed to. Because Congress can sort it out. So here's what the prosecutor's going to do. He's going to say, Trump knew that he didn't win. We have quotes. But it didn't matter. Trump proceeded anyway, even though he was told he didn't win. He wouldn't accept the results. Why? Because he wanted to overturn the election. Therefore, he tried to obstruct. He tried to obstruct the electors. He tried to obstruct the election. He tried to pull the wool over the face of Jamie Raskin. Over the face of Nancy Pelosi. That would actually improve things if you get my drift. But nonetheless, he knew what he was doing. He tried to obstruct. But it doesn't work. Why? Because he left office. By noon and one second on January 20th, he left. He didn't call in the National Guard. He didn't call in the military. He didn't call in anybody. He left. No, no, no. But he tried to obstruct the results of the election. He couldn't. Unless Congress was playing along. All this goes to Congress, including the Democrats. And the Democrats still controlled, excuse me, after the, the members of Congress were sworn in, the Democrats still controlled the Senate. We're going to go along with some scheme. It doesn't make any sense. The whole argument doesn't make any sense. It falls apart completely. No, but you don't understand. No, I don't understand. There's challenges to the certification. There's always challenges to the certification. And there's a process, even if Congress can't agree among themselves, it keeps going and going and going until they do. The people who are obstructing and interfering with this process and creating a precedent that this country cannot survive is the Biden Justice Department. Let me ask you some questions, Mr. Producer in America. What, then, going forward, if this survives, is an obstruction? So if a political party really believes that it should send another set of electors, it can't? If a president wants to call a secretary of state and say, can't you find some votes? He can't? So what can you do? What can't you do? We're going to have to rely on prosecutors in Washington, D.C. To tell us what we can and can't do? No, it's a political process. It's a political, there are no crimes. There's no crimes. So they're going to create them. You're going to hear obstruction. You're going to hear the word conspiracy. I haven't seen anything. I'm just telling you that's going to work. And you're going to have these marquee headlines that Trump sought to prevent the outcome of the election. Yeah, that's why he offered to send the National Guard. That's why he left office when he was supposed to leave office. No, 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 no. He incited the riot. He created it. So they'll try and pull it all together, which the January 6th committee tried and they failed. What is the crime? Wire fraud. He was raising funds, don't you know? Claiming that the election was a fraud. Wire fraud. So they'll come up with these cockamamie arguments, and all they need to do is convince morons on a jury. Just one. We only need one. Another 20 charges, maybe 30, maybe 50, maybe 12. Just enough. For a Washington, D.C., Trump-hating Democrat jury. Just one. We only need one. Why? Because of the 14th Amendment, they'll argue. Well, what does that have to do with anything? This is another reason why this thug prosecutor wants all these cases handled during the course of the election. Let me ask you a question. What if we go all through this and Trump wins the presidency? Do you know that the Department of Justice, this prosecutor, and the Democrats have a plan for making sure he never serves one second in office, Mr. Medusa? Do you know what it is? Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. That's their plan. What is it? Well, they tell you in the Hill newspaper. Two civil rights organizations are launching a campaign to pressure state governments, that's state attorneys general to disqualify former President Trump from appearing on ballots in 2024. Now that won't succeed. But the group says secretaries of state are empowered by the 14th Amendment to bar Trump from running for office because of the January 6th Capitol insurrection. They're raising enormous sums of dark money. These are the radical Marxist front groups. Mi Familia Vota and Free Speech for the People. Oh, one of those. And they're going to start with California, Oregon, Colorado, Georgia. They're going to move into Nevada, among other states. They're going to try at the first point. They get the Secretaries of State taking him off the ballot. I doubt that'll succeed. But should he be elected, then they're going to say he cannot be sworn in. Because he was convicted of one count of wire fraud or obstruction or something related to January 6th. He's an insurrectionist! That's what they talk about. Section 3. Section 3. He's disqualified. Because it's involved in an insurrection. That claw bars from a series of public offices, of people who, quote, having previously taken an oath, member of Congress or an officer of the United States or as a member of the state legislature or as an executive or judicial official of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. So they're taking the civil rights part of the 14th Amendment that was passed again to block officials in the Confederacy from running for office and undermining the, uh, the federal government and trying to apply it to Trump. All they need is one conviction on one count in Washington, D.C. And the door is open. Yes, there can be appeals and all the rest. These people are throwing this country into anarchy. This prosecutor is throwing this country into anarchy. This Department of Justice is throwing this country into anarchy. The media are throwing this country into anarchy because it serves the purposes of the Democrat Party. And this revolution against a constitutional republic. Folks, I know what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on. Now, Mark, the office of the presidency is not mentioned. Do you think it's going to stop these people? Are you just going to say he's an officer? This is why Jack Smith wants these cases moving fast. And he wants them done not after the election, but during the election. And by the way, I want to say to Janet Pasaki, who's always been low cue and particularly obnoxious and nasty. You said on your TV show, apparently Sunday, that nobody watches. That Donald Trump's running for president so he can pardon himself. She's not the first. She doesn't even have an independent idea, no matter how stupid it is. Oh, really? Well, maybe Joe Biden's running for re-election. To ensure that he doesn't get indicted. Because right now he controls those forces. And should he leave office. He'd be subjected to a complete and full criminal investigation. At the hands of a Republican president. Like Trump. Or DeSantis or whomever. And he wouldn't have any protection as president anymore. So I could say Psaki and so I will. Joe Biden's running for office. Because he doesn't want to be investigated and charged with crimes which he would not be, the latter anyway, charged with crimes, as President of the United States. And If you saw Joe Biden today meeting with Herzog, the President of Israel, who has no formal powers, mostly to look stupid and say stupid things. Joe Biden, his head dropped, his chin hit his chest, he's staring into his pants, Barely able to read the cue card. And I said, oh my God, the guy's having a stroke right in front of the... No. Do you know the whole world sees this? And the Democrat Party doesn't care? And through all this, America, the Democrat Party is defending it all. They are thrilled. They're excited. They say, no one's above the law, you know. Equal justice under the law. They're not fooling anybody. They're not fooling anybody. Here's Kevin McCarthy. Who's a terrific leader. Cut one, go.
3: Well, I guess uh, under a Biden administration, Biden America, you'd expect this. If you notice recently, President Trump went up in the polls and was uh, actually surpassing President Biden for re-election. So what do they do now? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. It's time and time again. I think the American public is tired of this. They want to have see equal justice, and the idea that they utilize this to go after those who politically disagree with them is wrong.
2: Wow. And what did Mitch McConnell say today, Mr. Producer? Not a word. What did Thune say today, America? Not a word. Cornyn, not a thing. There's your Republican leadership. Brasso, nothing. Not a thing. More when I return.
1: Mark in.
2: If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example... Average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA, 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Congressman Matt Gates will be on the program at 7.30 Eastern Time. You know, I've been highly critical of Matt. I met him, uh, where the hell was it? I don't remember, Mar-a-Lago, somewhere, some months ago. I think we buried a hatchet and not in each other's backs. But uh, he's been pounding away on this issue with his prosecutor, and I want to hear from him. And Wesley Hunt. It's a fantastic new congressman out of Texas. Had a military background, a military education. Um, Of course, the media ignore him because he's African-American. Doesn't fit the stereotype, you know. And he'll be on an hour three. But I've got a lot more to say, so I would encourage you to stick with us. Um, People say to me all the time, very few, but Some do, and their comment sections, some are very vile. Why am I a voice that defends Israel? I mean, we have other radio hosts that kind of defend Israel. and Some of them are Jewish, some of them are not. My buddy Ben Shapiro is a strong advocate as well. Dennis Prager. Because, ladies and gentlemen... The people who hate Israel hate America. It's the same Democrats, the same radical Arab and Muslim and Palestinian organizations. I'm just being honest. It's the same self-hating Jew groups like J Street and others, all of whom have a home in the Democrat Party. And these same groups and these same individuals hate you and me. They hate our country. They're part of this Marxist revolution here. I'm not talking about most of these people. I'm talking about these organizations led by these various organiza- these various individuals. But I am talking about the Democrat Party as an institution. What are they going to do about Jaya Paul. Nothing. Nothing. How about the media? They're going to come down hard on these these anti-semites in the Democrat party. They'll mention it, be hit and run and they'll move on. Are they going to ban them as guests on their program on CNN and MSNBC? On the view? No, they like anti-semites. They get him ratings, may even agree with them. They promote AOC. She's an anti-Semite. They promote Talib. She's an anti-Semite. And they hate America, too. Hate it. They're part of this group called the Democrat Socialists. It's a real group that goes around funding elections. But they're not Democrat Socialists. They're Marxists who hate the country. And Marxists hate Jews. That's why as a Jew, as an American, I know I'm blessed to be in this country with Judeo-Christian values laced throughout our founding document, throughout our Constitution, and used to be throughout our culture, but not so much anymore. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the
0: underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under
1: the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: Inciting an insurrection, they say, America. Inciting an insurrection, they say, Mr. Producer. Well, let me make my opening and closing comment on that to the jury. You ready, Rich? The prosecution stands here today accusing a former president who's running for president again of inciting an insurrection. So I want to ask you people a question. If you're going to incite an insurrection... Within 24 to 48 hours of that insurrection, do you on your own suggest to the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to the Secretary of Defense, to the Chief of Staff of the Secretary of Defense, to contact the Speaker of the House and the Mayor of Washington, D.C. and offer 10000 armed professional reservist in the army to be available to protect the building? Is that what you do when you're plotting an insurrection which they turn down? Is that what they do? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, when the sitting president of the United States offers 10,000 troops armed with military weapons to protect the Capitol building, does he then encourage an insurrection? No. If you are leading an insurrection, you don't offer 10,000 troops to protect the very building that you seek to overthrow, the government you seek to overthrow, now do you? And let me say this to the members of the jury. Why doesn't the government present you? Why didn't it? With one, just one piece of evidence, one text message, one email, one handwritten note. In which the sitting president of the United States says. Words to the effect. That we will not leave. The office of the presidency. Under any circumstances. Do whatever you have to do, including encourage our supporters to overthrow the government. Where is that piece of information, America? I don't want to hear about witnesses who've been threatened. I don't want to hear about witnesses who see their lives in front of them being destroyed for the next 20, 30, 40 years being in prison, being threatened by the prosecution, we don't need to hear from them. Where is the physical evidence? There is none. It's a funny way to run an insurrection, don't you think? You also heard, ladies and gentlemen, because I played it as defense counsel, the part of the president's speech that the government doesn't want you to hear. They certainly don't want you to focus on it. The January 6th committee didn't play it, not even once, where he specifically says to go to Capitol Hill and peacefully lobby your members of Congress. How many politicians have said that before? If you're plotting an insurrection, do you do it in public? Do you say so in public? Go to the Capitol! Take it over! Charge the police! Is that what you do? Is that what he did? No, he did the opposite. He used the word peacefully. Peacefully. He offers the National Guard 10,000 men and women armed to the teeth in the army, and they say no. 24 to 48 hours before the so-called insurrection. He uses the word peacefully in broad daylight for the whole world to see. A strange way to whip people up into a frenzy and send them to Capitol Hill to attack police and so forth and so on. There was no insurrection. Oh, and one other thing. You know this First Amendment that the Biden administration does not embrace? According to a federal judge in Louisiana, remember that one? Where they're monitoring the American people illegally, a million of them. Remember that? Were any of the leaders of the so-called insurrection contacted by President Trump? Did he pick up the phone and call them and encourage them to to attack cops or to break into the building? If so, why don't they present that evidence? Instead, they say the speech broadly encouraged ABC, XYZ, all of whom, of course, are on the hook for decades in prison. Because he didn't. Would the January 6th committee by now tell us about it? No, he didn't. There's no insurrection. Now they show you that he delayed his response, that it was tepid when he finally gave it and so forth and so on. That has nothing to do with an insurrection. The question is whether Donald Trump was behind an insurrection. This is a statute that hasn't been used. I don't believe. Let's assume I'm right. Let's stipulate. For over 140 years. So they dust it off today. And they try and convince you to use it. Why? Because they have nothing else. Now, they talk about obstructing the outcome of the election. Obstructing the outcome of the election, that's what we're doing right here as I stand here in front of you. This, this case didn't have to be brought today. It didn't have to be brought this month. It didn't have to be brought this year. It could have waited until after the election. But over here, this prosecutor, he wants to effect the outcome of the election. I don't call him an insurrectionist, but nonetheless that's what they're doing. And he works for the candidate who's running against my client. We asked them to dismiss this case and they would. We asked them to move it till after the election, and they said absolutely not. Because they want to interfere in the election and effective. Effectively an insurrection. Now, as for these fake electors, that's a very, a very bizarre way of putting it. These fake electors, ladies and gentlemen, fake electors. We've had fake electors, quote-unquote, in 1960, in an election in Hawaii. The people who determine whether they're fake electors or two to groups of electors, and how do we sort this out, is Congress. I want to read to you the relevant part of the Constitution. I'm not going to do it now. Congress decides. We have members of Congress who've stood up the challenge, elections, in 2000, in 2004, in 2016, they wanted to throw out the votes in Ohio. Before that, they wanted to throw out the votes in Florida. Their colleagues said no. Just as Congress is free to do or not to do under the Constitution. Fake electors? Members of the House and members of the Senate are both parties. They hear the arguments. They make objections. And they decide if electors are legitimate or not, or whether to choose them, they're not blind, they're not stupid. So the Democrats were going to go along and vote for the Republican slate of electors in Pennsylvania, or the Republican slate of electors in Michigan, and say, oops, the Republicans are right, no! They would have said no, and they would have fought it. And because they still controlled the Senate, they would have won. Because under our system, it takes members of both houses to throw out electors or to approve electors. But they brought in the gentleman from The Hague who's an expert on international law. He's an expert on it. He's an expert at bringing cases against foreign dictators. Expert. Expert. But somebody there hasn't read the Constitution. You don't criminalize these events. There's no obstruction because people challenge elections. And there's no fake electors if a party thinks in the end they're going to win or they want to try and even convince members of Congress. Don't pick those electors. Pick our electors. They're allowed to do that. They're allowed to do that. And it's not a crime when they do, which is exactly why the government has had to reach into a barrel filled with dust and filth and dirt and try and find something, anything, to use against my client. You're not supposed to do that when you're a prosecutor, when you're in the middle of an election. When you're dealing with a former president. But they are convinced. That they convince you, this jury. To find my client guilty. Even on one count. Just one count. That's all they want from you. One count. They want you to go back into the room. Let's stipulate. 20 charges. They just want you to get together and say, you know, we'll just convict him on one. Now, why do they want to do that? Why are they in a hurry? Because they're the ones interfering with an election. And they want you to carry out their work for them. One charge. So they can prevent him from serving as president should the American people decide he should. That's why. I'm mean, for good measure and they want him in federal prison for the rest of his life. This case should never have been brought. It's it's been built on threats against his lawyers, threats against his former staffers, word of mouth, thoughts, comments, arguments, and yet that's what happens in every democracy and in every meeting and, and so forth and so on. Every disagreement is not a crime. Even if you don't agree with anything that was done. Doesn't make it criminal. Even if you, in your own view, think it was wrong to consult through your lawyers or any other way. And I don't know any of these facts. I'm just suggesting the Republicans in this state or that state—they come up with another group of electors. You don't like that. It's been done before. You still don't like it. It's not a crime. And I want you to think about the future. If I'm wrong, and you vote to convict on any of these counts, what want you to think about this? Where does it end? Where does it end? Politics is a rough and tumble sport. Parties contact state legislatures. They contact sectors of state. They try and change the laws to benefit their own party. They write letters. They consult lawyers. They talk among themselves. They write emails. They write texts. Any prosecutor with the kind of resources that the government has can cherry pick this, cherry pick that, cherry pick this, cherry pick that. And next thing you know, a legal and legitimate discussion over how to battle over electors in a state, how to count ballots, how to persuade officials in a state to your point of view can be criminalized. Where's the line? We don't know. This has never been done before. And if it's done here, it'll be done against Democrats. This is what's meant by criminalizing the political process. This case should never have been brought. It was resolved. It was resolved by Congress. President Trump did leave office. President Trump did offer the National Guard to protect the Capitol building. He was turned down. No steps were taken. None. No actions were taken. While he was the most powerful man in the planet, while he was president of the United States, while he was commanding the armed forces, not one step was taken to prevent Joe Biden from being sworn in on January 20th. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
2: You know what companies looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just twenty dollars a month for unlimited talk text and now fifty percent more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Podcast. And make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. The hardcore left-wing Democrat Attorney General of Michigan has just indicted a bunch of so-called fake electors. And so you can see what's going on, America. The Republican Party is being destroyed. And for the Republican leadership in the Senate to remain silent is grotesque. They are unconscionable. They're being destroyed. The Republican Party is being destroyed. Here's Ron DeSantis in South Carolina, an event today. He's asked about what's been done to Donald Trump. Cut to go.
3: So I have not seen that. Someone had told me something coming in. And look, here's the thing. Um, Criminal charges is not just because you may have done something wrong. It's did you behave criminally? And I think what we've seen in this country is an attempt to criminalize politics and to try to criminalize differences. So I don't know what was all about that, but I but I do know that we look at institutions, unfortunately, like our own FBI and Department of Justice, and we've seen the politicization of those institutions. Uh, we've seen them be be weaponized against Americans. Uh, pro-life activists can have the SWAT team come at them. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, he would have been in jail right, if... He
2: I'm going to have to go. He was uh, hit with this early in the morning. It was actually quite a very solid statement. Uh, but when we come back, Representative Matt we will be right back. You know what company looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. PureTalk just added data to every plan, and is including a mobile hotspot with each one, with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered PureTalk before, but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text, and now 50% more 5G data, plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love PureTalk, that also happens to be veteran-owned, and only hires the best customer service team Right here in America. Most families are saving almost a thousand dollars a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to PureTalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional fifty percent off your first month. Again, go to PureTalk.com, enter promo code L E V I N Podcast, and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today.
1: Mark Levin, the funder on the right. Call in now eight seven seven three eight one three
2: eight one one. Representative Matt Gates, welcome back. It's been a little while. Thanks for having me. Good to be back with you. Yeah, no, it is good. Um, you've been very vocal about what's going on, which I, for one, fully support and appreciate. I've never seen anything like that in the United States of America, even in our history. What's going on here is flat out tyranny. You have some ideas on how to confront this?
4: Yeah, I think the fundamental problem in Congress is that too many Republicans view this as law enforcement activity and maybe, uh, as Durham cast it, some people leaning into their own biases, whereas I view this explicitly as an election interference operation. And Mm -hmm. if you view it as an election interference operation by Joe Biden against his political rival— you reach for a different set of tools than if you think it's an abuse of a law enforcement practice. Uh, I think that we have to immediately use the power of the purse to uh, get votes on the floor on defunding Jack Smith, deauthorizing the authorities of these special counsels to just be able to pick a person, and then everything from their archivist disputes to the wildest fantastical conspiracy theories uh, about January 6th. Uh, weave into an effort to take Trump off the ballot. And th- what I, the reason I think most Americans view this activity as political is because we all know it wouldn't be happening but for Donald Trump being a candidate for election for president and that he's doing well. If those two things weren't both the case, I don't think we'd be going through this.
2: And didn't the, uh, the phony prosecutor in this case, Matt Gates? show his hand when he tells the Florida judge, we don't want this case held after the election. We want it held in December. And then they're going to drop this January 6th thing. Uh, He's going to want that trial right away, too, so they can then, you know, pull some uh, preposterous 14th Amendment argument out of their back pocket that Trump was involved in an insurrection if they get one county conviction. This whole thing is a, a collusion and conspiracy against the American people. Is it not?
4: Yeah. And the great irony is that they morally self-preen that they are the great vanguards of the republic and of democracy itself. The left says that for the sake of democracy, we have to have our choices limited at the ballot box. And, And I think you have taken us a few steps down the road from here. These prosecutions are not an end unto themselves. They are an effort to try to, by force of of judicial law, not by force of the ballot box, uh, disqualify President Trump from any consideration here. And one thing that really gets me, Mark, is that Jack Smith is himself not being transparent about people on his team. The way the American people really came to understand the Mueller investigation as a political operation was when we started learning about the people who had been assembled there uh, donations to Democrat candidates, their service is Democrat operatives. And uh, I'm concerned that several of the people Jack Smith's working with uh, have similar conflicts. And that is being hidden because we were effective in it's exposing it last time. So if you don't give Congress information, I don't think Congress should give you money. and And I always want to bring the discussion back to that, because you can say anything you want in a speech or a letter or a tweet. The bottom line is, are we still going to write the check for this stuff? And if we do, then it will continue.
2: Is there any stomach up there, Matt Gates, for forcing this man to testify? I know what they do. They create their own immunity situation where they open up an investigation, where they bring charges, and then they say, uh, we can't do that because we're in the middle of an investigation. But the investigation is the issue is there any stomach up there for 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 looking into this from the perspective that you're speaking about uh and also having this man explain why he's doing what he's doing when he's doing it
4: you would think that the congress would see the necessity of such a discussion in the event of an unprecedented utilization of prosecutorial powers to interfere with a presidential election, uh, I worry. I have had colleagues in our strategy discussions and in our closed door meetings say that they'll never vote to take one dollar away from the special counsel or the Department of Justice or the FBI because they they would then fear that we were the party of defunding the police. As absurd as that characterization That's- would be. Yeah. Oh, no. We've had Republicans say that they can't even vote against giving the FBI their new three hundred twenty five million dollar headquarters because they don't want to be seen as anti-law enforcement. And I think that really misses the forest for the trees.
2: Are they aware that the FBI, the Department of Justice is federalizing local law enforcement, that the FBI and this Department of Justice is interfering with the with the apprehension of criminals and imprisoning criminals? Don't they know how to speak? I mean, they got elected to the House of Representatives. Don't they know how to explain things?
4: Unfortunately, there is always the lure of federalizing everything. I mean, we saw George Bush federalize education, and liberty minded people should be concerned when we see that more and more local prosecutors, local law enforcement are relying on federal grants in order to meet their budgets. And while that sounds nice for a member of Congress to say, oh, I voted for a grant to help law enforcement. The cumulative effect of all of that is this groupthink that can then be weaponized against Trump or anyone in a vertically integrated way. I mean, do you think it does any American think it's an accident that you have a local prosecutor going after Trump, Alvin Bragg, a state prosecutor going after Trump, uh, you know, state level with these uh, attorney generals uh, like Tish James and others? And then you've even got the federal level with Jack Smith. It, it is a purposeful effort to try to ensnare with lawfare uh, that which they cannot defeat with free, fair, honest, open elections.
2: Well, this is what's bothering me. Congress is in charge, ultimately, on counting electors. Um, you have your own elections to handle the whole federal election system. Congress created the Department of Justice, the FBI. Congress creates all the, all the judgeships except for the Supreme Court and that Congress can't do a damn thing. I mean, I just find this really preposterous. They are interfering with a presidential election. It's the second one they're interfering with. They interfered with the midterm election. If Congress isn't going to do something about that. And by the way, when we talk about Congress, I mean the House. Where the hell is Mitch McConnell? He doesn't even say anything. This guy, he really is in favor of all this, isn't he? He
4: said that explicitly after January 6th, that he said uh, that he, you know, he wasn't going to speak about or worry about Trump because he was going to hope that the democrats took care uh, of him and that is a sentiment that certainly is reflected in mitch mcconnell's behavior uh, i think that senate republicans find it uncouth that there is a populist force for retribution against evil and injustice that many of us are rallying around in president trump they resent it a bunch of those senators re- we just wish president trump would have gone away so that they could have run for president and that is a dynamic that does foist upon the House, I think, an added obligation to take action. Uh, on, you know, I will say on Jim Jordan's behalf, he has asserted the federal equities regarding our funding and the fact that this is an election and the House of Representatives does, does have a role in that process. And uh, I think that we need to have Jack Smith given testimony sooner rather than later. If he doesn't respond to that desire, asserting, as you said, these uh, ongoing investigation claims, then we should issue a subpoena. And power of the purse, power of subpoena, power of contempt, power of impeachment. We have to bring all these powers to bear because we see how the left is bringing every power node they have to bear in a really anti-democratic and fascist
2: way. I agree 100%. And then you have this piece in the Associated Press um, about Judge Cannon. And they're putting all the pressure on her. They're trying to intimidate her. And if she's not strong, she will buckle like so many of these Republican judges do. And in this piece, it says, Cannon could face additional scrutiny in light of a much-discussed ruling she issued last year that granted the Trump team requests for a special master. So they keep hammering this, which was not an absurd decision. I thought it was actually a good one. But you get these phony former federal prosecutor legal analysts on not real defense lawyers, oh, look at this judge. So now they're basically trying to intimidate this judge with the media, pressure this judge, reject every motion that the Trump lawyers may file, and there's damn good motions that they could file. Do you notice this too? Uh,
4: I do in almost every complex document case I've been involved in as a litigator. You have a special master at one point or another. Uh, Also, there are thousands upon thousands of documents that the prosecution is produced to the defense in discovery it's only reasonable for the defense to get time after the 2020 election to even be able to fairly present a case Uh, and the media pressure is a key component of this and anybody who thinks that judges aren't people and that they don't react to that is fooling themselves and what they're doing isn't just election interference it's judicial interference because they're trying to mount pressure on a judge to try to, to really have a show trial, I mean, basically, right? I mean, they're, they are trying to have some sort of, like, Middle Eastern desert justice trial uh, mm-hmm. when we're talking about the country that uh, is supposed to be a vanguard for rights and due process. And uh, if we go down this road, I think the whole world will suffer immeasurably for a generation at least.
2: And I see Congressman Matt Gates, the radical left-wing Democrat Attorney General of Michigan, Dana Nessel, has now charged 16 so-called fake electors in Michigan. Do the Republican bigwigs in Washington understand that this is also an effort to destroy the Republican Party?
4: I do, and actually I think that's the broader narrative about January 6th, is that they had to use that event to try to take these authorities that we typically directed at foreign terrorists and threat groups around the world, and they wanted to call MAGA a domestic terrorist organization and they wanted to turn those exquisite authorities inward you see that with the surveillance that we've exposed you now see it with these ridiculous arrests people were just putting their name forward in the event that there were a rejection of electors these people had no desire to break the law they thought they were working through the law in the constitution and uh, i i think that that those charges are totally ridiculous
2: all right, Matt Gates. we may want to call on you again. Keep up this fight. We're monitoring this very, very carefully. And as far as I'm concerned, we're in on it. So take care of yourself. We need, we
4: need more action from Congress. Thank you so much, Mark.
2: I agree 100 percent. Thank you. Man, when he's good, he's good. Is he not, Mr. Producer? I like him. <laughs> you though know, I browbeated him. I like him. And the fact is, most of this wouldn't be happening without a Kevin McCarthy. You say what you want on the fiscal stuff and whatever. The truth is, on this area, he's out. He's like he's the point of the spear. He's leading the effort. The things he said today about the Democrat Party, what he says about Biden, what he says about the Department of Justice, Paul Ryan would never say anything like that. John Boehner would be joining the other side, like McConnell. Just a quick reminder. The next-to-last chapter in The Democrat Party Hates America is entirely on this subject. Even though it's off to the printers, I predicted almost everything that's taking place here now. It's not hard, but it's right up to speed. And all the legal arguments, the constitutional issues, what we need to do about it, on and on and on. Please join us. Now's the time. We need your help. And grab your copy of of The uh, Democrat Party Hates America... Right there at Amazon, 40% off. Mark, you're doing this to make money. I want to make something clear yet again. If I wanted to make more money, this is the worst way to do it. The worst way to do it. And people are always worried about my money on the left of the people who hate me. A lot of my money goes to charities for vets and dogs. I don't keep it all. And, of course, the government takes a big chunk. But it's not about me. It's not about my money. It's about what's in this book. I cannot comprehensively discuss, whether it's on radio or Fox or Blaze or anything, what's in the book. It's just not possible. Plus, you may want to go back and put markers there or corners of the book, bend down and whatever. It's called The Democrat Party Hates America. Today, it proves it again. There's an entire chapter. A significant chapter on this very subject in anticipation of all these things to come. It's called Stalin Would Be Proud. We'll meet you over there later. We'll be right back. You know what companies looking for you when they actually upgrade your service? And don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk, that also happens to be veteran owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LevinPodcast to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com and enter promo code L E V I N Podcast. And make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Well, these two hours have flown by. We have another full hour when you return, I hope. And another fantastic member of the House sits on the Judiciary Committee um, at about 8.20, give or take, Eastern Time. It would be fantastic if you took a little trip over to Amazon, get your 40% discount and order your copies of the Democrat Party Hates America we're not going away I'm not going away I didn't write this book just just to write a book I wrote it because we need it I wrote it for us, for you and me not for the Democrats, not for the media this is this is a war not a war with arms and bullets and other but it is a war for our freedom I'll be right back Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. You know, that was astonishing. I didn't know. Matt Gates told us last hour. We don't even get to know the names of Jack Smith's staff, Mister Producer. What is this? This is a secret team of prosecutors. Whew. The pressure tactics on the judge. You want to hear somebody who's a complete ass? This Eugene Robinson of the Washington Post. This is a truly stupid man. Sanctimonious man. Throws around terms when he's talking about you. Millions of Americans. When he's talking about Trump. And then we get this no labels crowd, which is called no labels. So they don't even make any sense. Bipartisanship, they went... I want you to listen to this guy, and I want you to tell me, you want bipartisanship with this a-hole? With this piece of trash? Of course, he's on the morning schmo show. That guy is a complete lowlife. In fact, he gives lowlives a bad name. It's too bad we don't know all about your background, Joey. I'm sure there'll be some very interesting things. No, Mr. Producer, you agree? Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's a great guy, I understand. Yes, oh, yes, he's fantastic. I won't say more, Joey. But you'll say anything about anybody you don't like. I won't say anything. Oh, no, it's not that conspiracy theory about the intern. No, no, no. It's more obvious than that, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Everybody knows about it too. But no, we won't do that too. Joey.
0: Cut nine go.
1: I mean this is textbook fascism. Um, and it, it's it's outrageous. It's incredibly dangerous, not just to to our system of democracy and our
0: democratic values. It's just it's just dangerous because he's talking about wanting to essentially fire the people in the federal bureaucracy who who know how to run things, who make
1: oh, the country. Oh,
2: that's fascism, ladies and gentlemen. Textbook fascism. You know what we're going to do when the book comes out, Mr. President? We're going to send him a copy. We're going to invite him to read it and come on the show and debate it. Go ahead.
1: Our Air cleaner, eh, eh, who, um, uh, who, who eh, keep us safe uh, eh, in the intelligence agencies and in the Defense Department and everywhere. Ah, shut
2: up, you idiot. Yeah, they're doing a hell of a good job. You and the bureaucracy. Look how they wrap themselves in the military and police. They hate the military and they hate the police. What they love are the politicians with all those stripes on their shoulders and stars who do what they're told to do. And for God's sakes, don't touch the administrative state because the Democrat Party, just understand, Reagan was right about this Iron Triangle, and I'll expand it. It's the Democrat Party, it's the unelected Democrats in the bureaucracy, backed up by the unelected Democrats in the courts. And then the third part of the triangle, the Democrats in the media. We have a state media, that's them. We have a state party that wants monopolistic power. All in the book. That's the Democrat Party.
1: You know, if you're going to, yeah, yeah, don't shake up the bureaucracy. No, that's textbook fascism.
2: What a schmuck. What a fool. Then there's Jen Psaki, whose very existence at MSNBC proves the point of the incestuous relationship. They go out of the way to hire the biggest, dumbest, idiotic mouthpiece for the biggest, dumbest man to ever sit in the Oval Office. And I want to say this, by the way, before I forget. Dr. Jill, you damn well better be putting Depends on your man. Because we don't want our furniture in the Oval Office to be stained with his... What are they? Trickle down. That's right. We don't want his trickle down to ruin the furniture. We all know what's going on. They have to put this guy together every morning. Here's your teeth, honey. Here's your teeth. Don't forget that the pens. Oh, uh, come on, honey. My- yeah. Get him on. Do your thing. Take the uh, take the sleep apnea thing off your face. You're walking around. You look like a rhino. Take it off your face. Uh, do I have to, honey? I like take it off. Take it off. Here's your anxiety pills. So you stop yelling at people and cursing at people for no reason, Joe. It's got to stop. Shut up, you, hey, Joe. It's got to stop. And Joe, when you're meeting with this president of Israel, look, I I know he's a Jew. I know, I know. I got it. I got it. You have to sit down. You got to go through the motions. I got it. I got it, Joe. But Joe, try not to sneeze into your belly button. You know, where your head's going down, your nose is in your belly button. It's difficult to read the notes that I wrote for you. When you do that. It's very difficult. Okay, okay, honey. Anyway, here's Jen Pasaki on the morning what is this morning Joe thing? The guy has no ratings. He never had ratings on radio that kicked his ass off. And by the way, he used to beg Fox. Beg Roger Ells, I know this. Begged him to get a show. So look, MSNBC pays him, so he's flipped. Much like Joe Biden, he's flipped. Go ahead. Cut eight, please.
1: Here's where I think sometimes we lose the thread. Trump is not running because yeah, he yeah. cares about policy. No, no, he's no, He's no, no, no. running because yeah, he wants to prevent himself from going to jail and pardoning himself,
2: potentially. Yeah. Oh, a- oh, now you tell us. Who knew? Gee, that hasn't been around much. And Pasaki would know because she's in touch with the Trump campaign. Oh, she's not? Oh, but she knows. Come on now. He wants to pardon himself now. So I've made the case, okay. And why is Joe Biden running for re-election? He likes to take vacations on our dime. That's part of it. Part of it, he likes to fly. Hey, can I fly on the plane again, honey? I love the ice cream on Air Force One. May I? Joe. Joe. Joe, knock it off. Come on, honey. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go to France. There's a little ice cream spot that I like over there. Joe, how many times have I told you to stop this? now? In Ireland. I want to go to Ireland. Oh. I love the green ice cream in Ireland, honey. All right, let's go. I do, too. Anyway, uh, so here's my theory. Pasaki. And Scarborough, God, what a collection of of hatwits and nitwits. It's just incredible. But then again, it's MSNBC. I think Joe Biden's running for re-election because he doesn't want to be indicted. And he has two grounds for that. Number one, you don't indict a sitting president. That's the position of the Department of Justice. And it wouldn't matter anyway because Garland would never allow that to happen. And number two... If he is indicted, and he's indicted by the next administration, uh, he won't have that kind of immunity. So Joe Biden, so let us start talking like this. Joe Biden, for a thousand other reasons, including he makes a lot of money when he's in public office, does Joe. Joe Biden is running for re-election because he doesn't want to be indicted. He doesn't want to lose control over the Department of Justice. He doesn't want to lose control with a prosecution or prosecutors. Plus, you know what I hear? The depends are free. We're paying for Joe Biden's depends. Can you believe that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Wesley Hunt is a great patriot. We've had him here before. He's uh, served his country like a great patriot. He's now in the House of Representatives doing the same thing. Wesley Hunt, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing
0: fantastic, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a very pivotal time in our history. I really appreciate it. It is, isn't
2: it? The dark clouds are forming over this republic. And what's happening now is so unconscionable. What the Democrat Party, the Biden administration and their thugs are doing Unbelievable! What's your take on this?
0: So, so literally, Joe Biden is literally the worst president we have seen in modern history. And he is weaponizing our three-letter agencies to go against his political opponent. So the Iowa caucuses are literally in six months, in six months. And you have a current president that is using the FBI and the DOJ to go after not only a former president, but his current political opponent who was up by 30 points in every single political poll. We would expect this from a banana republic. We would expect this from Venezuela and China and other horrible nations, but not these United States of America. And when you talk about dark clouds are forming, they are absolutely forming. And what I've realized is that every time they do this, every time there's another investigation, President Trump's polls go... Go up because the American public are sick and tired of watching this happen in our country every single day. I spoke with the president a few weeks ago, and he told me something I thought was very important. He said, "Wesley, they aren't coming after me; they're coming after you, and I'm just standing in their way." And that's why President Trump is our guy, and he is literally the only one that can remove these storm clouds from forming in the future.
2: And you know, uh, Wesley Hunt, the thing about what he said is so true. They're destroying and have destroyed already our justice system, our criminal justice system. This whole January 6th thing they're talking about is to intimidate. Let let me put it to you this way. Do most of your fellow Republicans in the House, some of them understand that this is a war on the Republican Party, the Democrat Party wants to monopolize control over the government, over politics, and ultimately our lives, that this is a war on Trump, it's a war on the Republican Party, and it's a complete effort to undermine our republic. Do you think almost to a man and woman the Republicans in the House understand that?
0: I think the majority of us actually do understand that. I think the issue is, is that there are a lot of people that don't want to do what it takes to preserve our democracy, to preserve our future. I think a lot of people take an apathetic approach because they think this is going to miraculously disappear and it's just going to go away. And spite of the fact, sir, that we just found cocaine in the White House and it gets dismissed. We have no idea whose it was. I mean, we know whose it was, but you know what I mean. We have yep. found weed twice in the White House. $10 million dollars has gone to hunter biden the plea deal that hunter biden got which was, which was an absolute complete joke and you're talking about this biden this family that's one of the most corrupt families that we've ever seen in the history of this country and the backdrop of going after president trump and that you still have many republicans that are not willing to step up and tell the truth And I I really commend those of us that are willing to do that, and I think we are the ones that are actually going to save this country from the brink of disaster. But I would love to see every single Republican member of Congress stand behind President Trump and understand that without him, we are going to lose our republic. We always talk about every election being the most important election of our lifetime until it actually is. This is the most important election of our lifetime. Are we as a country going to choose communism or are we going to choose capitalism? Are we going to choose fascism or are we going to choose what made this country the greatest country in the world and that's brave Americans that want to stand for individual liberties and freedom? President Trump represents one and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who they have doubled down on, represent the other. This is a very pivotal time in our country. 100%.
2: Now, Congressman, I'm old enough to remember when the great, now late, dear friend of mine, Ken Starr, was independent counsel. Yes. And the media would greet him every morning when he had a cup of coffee in his hand as he was going to the office. And they were there every night when he was returning home. And they were attacking him. They knew the names of every member of his staff. They were attacking them, story after story after story about Ken Starr and his staff. We have no idea where Jack Smith lives. The media don't go to his home morning, noon and night. There are no stories about Jack Smith. We had Matt Gates on this program. He tells us yeah. that we don't even know the names of the people he's hired to investigate President Trump. What do you make of this?
1: So
0: there has clearly been a war of conservative voices by the media for about 15 years now. It has degraded to the point to where now everyone on the left and all the crimes of the Biden family are being covered up by this very liberal media. And we know this already, sir, we know this. And this is why shows like yours are so important. This is why congressional voices like Matt Gates, like myself, they are so important because the only way that we can get this message out to the people to what's actually happened is to, to what's actually happening is through our social media outlets. It's through shows like yours, but that's okay because quite frankly, sir, no one trusts the liberal media anymore Anyway, they have literally gone so far left that people are trying to find other outlets in order to get their news that's actually real, that's actually honest. They can now actually go to the source. They can go to my Twitter page. They can go to my Instagram page and see exactly what I said and the messaging that we are putting out. And that's why I do believe that we're going to have a very good 2024. Because in spite of the lip, of the spite of, of the liberal left holding water, in spite in spite of all of these media outlets holding. water, Water for Democrats, guess what? President Trump is still doing very well because people have to actually live with these poor policies. This is the worst inflation I've seen in my lifetime. Yes, we have a border crisis. This is not some conspiracy. I am a congressional member in Texas. We've had six million people enter our country illegally. It's wrong. This country is heading in the wrong direction. And you know what? There's no news media outlet that's being controlled by the left that can tell the average American otherwise. And that's why we have got to stay in this fight to continue to fight against this liberal faction that wants to destroy our country from within.
2: Well, you're very right on in your your articulation of the problem here. I think their attitude is though, yeah, those MAGA Republicans, you know, they'll get all worked up and they'll come out <laughs> Mr. and Mr.
0: Johnson, MAGA Republicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: <laughs> and uh, and he'll be uh and he'll be nominated and then the Rest of the country that's not MAGA necessarily, they'll be completely turned off. <laughs> I think that's what they think.
0: That's what, what they think? think, and again, they they they, they are wrong again tell you something, sir. I'm a black man in this country and I am all in for President Trump. When I talk to other black men across this country, they are sick and tired of the Democrat plantation. When I talk to Hispanic women and Hispanic men in this country, the people that Democrats are overlooking and just assuming that they're going to get their vote, these are the people that have lived with these ridiculous policies, these anti-conservative values that aren't American. And these people are saying enough is enough. I am con- convinced that president trump is going to get the highest black male turnout in the history of the republican party and i'm telling you that because people are looking up and they're saying yeah you know what this inflation is actually killing my bank account yeah my 401k, my, my 401k has reduced a third right, don't, a don't hang up ago.
2: i'd like to carry over for the next segment congressman
0: yes sir yes sir
2: all right folks we'll be right back
1: Mark Levin, call in with your outrage, 877-381-3811.
2: Actually, the media is already nuts. We're here with a great congressman, Wesley Hunt of Texas, Wesley Hunt. Kevin McCarthy, I think, has been really quite a fantastic leader. I mean, he's taken on the Biden administration, he's taken on the Department of Justice, he's taken on the immigration issue and so forth, people can squabble over this or that on the budget and so forth, but I don't think there's another leader in my lifetime other than maybe Newt who would be doing the things he's doing in addition to confronting Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries' uncle is a known anti-Semite. It was so bad that they had to fire him from college. And um, he was close with Louis Farrakhan, and he said these horrific things about Jews. And when Hakeem Jeffries was in college in, in, in a significant position, he defended him. Actually defended what he said. This is uh, all under the, under the blanket, under the sheets. Wouldn't be, of course, for Trump or anybody else, but he's the leader of the Democrats. So Kevin McCarthy says, look, your party, Mr. Jeffries, whether it's Jayapal or whether it is Omar or Talib, or AOC or Presley or down the list, is anti-semitic it is a growing poison in the Democrat Party now what are you going to do about this and so we have this big vote today where all but nine members of Congress voted that Israel is not a racist state it seems to me that's a relatively low bar I'm glad people voted that way but among the nine were the people I just mentioned do you think the Republican Party would tolerate nine neo-nazis Are nine Klansmen among their ranks the way the Democrat Party tolerates this?
0: Under no circumstances would that happened, and I watched in horror, and I watched these people vote on that in a way that was completely un-American. So I was somebody that's been to Israel twice. I, I, I was in Passover for two years in a row in 2014, 2015, and I loved every second of it. I'm also somebody that served in Saudi Arabia for two years as a, as a military guy. And I'm going to tell you, the only ally that we have in that region, the only true ally that we have in that region is Israel. That's the strongest ally in that region, and we can never turn our backs on Israel. And we're kind of facing a very similar issue in the black community. I think you are seeing a lot of Jewish Americans turn their back on the Democrat Party because they just refuse. They refuse to, re- to, to, to stay away from anti-Semitism. And you know what? You're absolutely correct, sir. If that happened in our party, oh my gosh, we'd be done. There'd be hell to pay. It'd be on the cover of everything. But the hypocrisy Democracy has been nauseating to us. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, what are you seeing in the black community that people are getting fed up with the way they're treated, too, by the Democrats?
0: Oh, absolutely, sir. And we see that every single day. And the one thing that I kind of want to want to bring up, too, sir, is that whenever you hear the word MAGA Republicans, see, MAGA Republicans, and those that that support MAGA ain't about being black, ain't about being white, ain't about being Jewish. It is about putting American policies first. MAGA Republicans are cops. They're black cops. They're white cops. They're firefighters. They're welders. They're pipefitters. They're doctors. They're nurses. They are the very heartbeat of this country. Now, you may not see it on TV because the only thing that they're going to try to show to convince the public is that we're all racist. But I am telling you that in 2008, the Republican Party got 4% of the black male vote. President Trump got 20% of the black male vote. Amazing. President Trump got the highest Hispanic vote of any Republican president in modern history. Those are the, moder- those are the modern Republicans that we're talking about. And, sir, it's not about race. It's not about that. But if we do win these specific demographics, then the Democrat Party has no path to victory with the poor leadership of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They are terrified of this. And that's why they're trying to put our president behind bars.
2: And you make a great point. 20 percent of the black male vote, a significantly increased percentage of the Latino vote and so forth. And yet that is why they keep pushing this white dominant culture, white privilege, white racism agenda, because they're trying to scare people who are not white to vote against the Republicans, because this is the hateful, bigoted, anti-Semitic Democrat party of old under Woodrow Wilson, under Franklin Roosevelt, under Lyndon Johnson, and now under Biden. Yes?
0: Yes. And they have candidates like me that they despise, because I point out their lies. Sir, we've come a very long way in this country. My great-great-grandfather was a slave. and Do you know mm. I am a representative in a white majority district that President Trump would have won by 20 points, and I beat another white man by 30 points, and do you know why? Amazing. Because I was the most qualified person. That's where we are, and I want to celebrate the distance that we've traveled. I don't want to focus on the past, and mm. what I do not like is when I look at liberals and try to tell me that I don't exist. We are everywhere in this country, and that's why I also emphasize so much that we have got to stop talking about race and start talking about American values, because if this country were that racist, I wouldn't be talking to you on the phone today, sir. If this country were so anti-Semitic against all the, all the values, the strong Jewish values that I know you hold, sir, you wouldn't be talking to me on the phone right now, and here you have a Jewish man talking to the blacks, talking to a black man about good sh- strong American values. We need more of that. That's on our side. We are not the party of division. We are not the party of identity politics. We are the party that puts America's priorities first. And if you are not on board with that, then go somewhere else.
2: Man, you're good. I want to thank you. We want to have you back.
0: <laughs> Happy to be on.
2: And if people want to find out more about you, where do you go? You have an official website.
0: It's WesleyForTexas.com, sir.
2: Wesley for Texas.com. Wesley, thank you for everything. God bless you, my friend.
0: God bless you. Thank you for having me on ATOM, hey, sir. Thank you.
2: Take care of yourself. Well, let's do this. Kevin McCarthy today challenges Hakeem Jeffries. I said it, but I want you to hear it. Cut ten, go.
3: Job pulse comments. This isn't the first person in the Democratic conference that has continued to make anti-semitic comments. We've watched what they have continually to do. There are a number of them over there. I think if the Democrats want to believe that they do not have a conference that continues to make anti-semitic remarks, they need to do something about it. Because they've defended these individuals time and again. The only time action has ever been taken is when we had to take the action. I think this is a role for the leader, Hakim, to prove that, no, they're not anti-Semitic, and they cannot allow their members to continue to say what they have said in the past. Cut 11, go. I mean, think about what we're talking about. You, You just raised the one issue of what she called Israel. On a week when we have the president of Israel, Mr. Herzog, coming to give a joint session on the 75th anniversary of the creation of Israel. The closest ally. Within minutes of Israel becoming a country, America recognized it. But now we have leaders in the Democratic Party. She's not just elected as a Democrat in their conference. She is a leader of their caucuses. And she's making these comments. But think of before what also Congresswoman Omar said. She equated the U.S. military and Israel security forces with Hamas and the Taliban. She said support for Israel is all about the Benjamins. Supporters of Israel have allegiance to a foreign country. Tlaib, what did she say inside their conference? That she had a calming feeling when discussing the Holocaust. Who in their right mind could even say that? Betty McCollum introduced a resolution to condemn Israel and support Palestinian terrorist organizations. These are just multiple Democrats on multiple times consistently saying anti-Semitic remarks and it has got to stop. These are all individuals in the Democratic Conference. Do they think Israel is an evil state? Well, if they believe differently, they should take action against their own for the comments coming from their leadership within their own Democratic Party and that's wrong
2: see, Eugene Robinson, I don't think you've condemned any of this. Joe Scarborough, how much of this have you covered? How much has MSNBC covered of this? And yet they will bring these women, mostly women, but men too, as guests on their network. AOC. Omar. Others. They're on CNN. They're on MSNBC. They take these racist, Jew-hating bigots. America-hating scum, and they put them on the air. Because the Democrat Party, the Democrat media, and the government are tied at the hip. They're never going to turn on their own. Never, ever. Because we're in the middle of a revolution. And revolutionaries stick together until they've won. Then they stab each other in the back, you know. Elise Slotnick on CNN today, Elise Slotnick on CNN today, cut 12, go.
3: There's going to be a vote proposed by a resolution introduced by a Republican today, uh, basically stating that. Um, Are you going to vote for that? Do you believe that that's problematic for your caucus, for your party?
4: So, you know, it seems like every week when we come back over from the weekend, there's just a lot of inflammatory rhetoric that's just being thrown around that sort of leaders often forget that people are watching and they take their cues. Leadership climate is set at the top. So I obviously didn't agree with Representative Jayapal's statements. She walked them back. Um, We also had some crazy inflammatory statements yesterday about the connection between COVID-19 and Jewish people for someone who's been invited to testify in front of Jim Jordan and the Judiciary Committee. So I put out something that just said, like, can we just cool it on the rhetoric? Um, she apologized. Uh, uh, she called um, and reached out to me, um, and we have a statement or that we're going or a resolution okay, that so we're this, voting on. this,
2: this, 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 this person is running for the Senate in Michigan. So you see, Mr. Producer in America, you see how they create a an environment of relativism. So now, Jim Jordan, who's strongly pro American, who's not a bigot, who's not a racist, who's never said a foul thing, nothing about Jews. But he's thrown in there somehow, some way, because Robert Kennedy's going to testify. He, the guy's a crackpot, Robert Kennedy. What is with our people that embrace guys like, I know we want to defeat the Democrats. I know we want Biden to be defeated in the Democrat primary. I know we want a third party like this Cornell West. is a Maoist, for God's sakes. Okay, run, but do we have to embrace them? You know, that guy sounds good. He says a lot of the same things we do. You hear people say that, Mr. What the hell's wrong with us? Get out on our issues. Fight on our principles. Don't get dragged into their hell. For God's sakes. You don't have to support Trotsky against Stalin? And look at this woman. She's running as a moderate in Michigan. She sound moderate to you? Maybe she'll be no labels, Mr. Producer. No la- if you're no labels in the middle of this, you're an impotent f- buffoon. Huntsman wanted to be president, lost. So then he becomes ambassador to China, I think it was, under, under Obama. Oh, no labels. No. That guy's got no principles. It should be called, not no labels, no principles. And I'm voting for him. Why? Because I don't know where he stands. But I do know they're going to talk to each other. Oh, that's good.
1: I'll be right back. Mark Levin.
2: I wanted to end with this. Over at Breitbart by the way where my buddy Joel Pollack works too good man Barack Obama defends children's LGBTQ books as states prohibit them from schools by Jordan Dixon Hamilton former president Obama wrote a letter defending LGBTQ plus books in children's schools and public libraries as Republican led states moved to restrict them amid growing concerns from parents isn't this the guy in 2008 who said he opposed the same-sex marriage, Mr. Producer? He had a fully developed brain back then, didn't he? He was post-puberty. He had, uh, in other words, a whole political agenda. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I didn't know what I was saying. It was way back then. No, he knew exactly what he said, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. But now he's defending filthy books in elementary schools. Really? Now, notice he didn't send his kids to a public school. He sent them to a very expensive private school in Washington, D.C. Where Al Gore sent his kids. Where all Gore send the kids. You know, Biden sent his kids to a very expensive school in Wilmington. Oh, do say. Oh, yeah, so we can go down the list. Right, Lizzie, Dizzy, Warren, and the others. But for your kids, you see, it's different. His kids didn't have LGBTQ plus books in their school. No. He protected them. But your kids to Barack Obama mean nothing. Power, baby. Please go over to Amazon. Sitting there waiting for you. 40% off. People are really starting to jump in. The Democrat Party hates America. Please join us. Now's the time. 40% off. I'll see you tomorrow,
1: and God bless each and every one of you.